This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. In Psalm 72, the psalmist writes, As a deer pants for living water, so my soul longs for you, O Lord. My soul thirsts for God. One of our most basic needs is water. Yet it seems a lot of people live with a dehydrated heart. Let's learn more about where to find rivers of cleansing water for our thirsty souls. There are many people that describe a great inner thirst that they have deep within. We're going to talk about quenching that thirst today. Stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, we praise you this day for your power and might, your love and kindness, your wisdom and knowledge, your holiness and righteousness, and for the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our reading for today is from John, the seventh chapter, beginning at verse 37. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now, Jesus said this about the Spirit which believers in him were to receive, for as yet there was no Spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified. Dear friends, we're told by our doctors that we need to drink at least eight eight-ounce glasses of water a day in order to have a healthy functioning body. We need water to survive and to thrive. No water, no life. Medical experts will tell you that uh, they estimate that over 60% of our body is water. Apart from brains and bones and a few organs, we're basically walking water balloons, so we need to be constantly filling up. You, You try stop drinking for a while and see what happens. Your coherent thoughts will begin to vanish. Your skin grows clammy. Your vital organs will wrinkle and stop functioning correctly. Your eyes, they need water or fluid to cry. Your mouth needs moisture to swallow. Your gland needs sweat to keep your body cool. Your cells need blood to carry them, and your joints need fluid to lubricate them. Your body and my body needs water the same way a tire needs air. Water is important. A few years ago, uh, our congregation started sending teams that were sponsored by World Vision International, and uh, these teams of people would run a marathon and raise money, and the the project was to put wells into uh, villages that did not have water to drink, because without water, life is absolutely miserable. In fact, it, it's hard to survive. So, um, life uh, needs water. But life is more than physical, isn't it? We're spiritual beings as well, created in God's image, needing refreshment for our hearts, uh, our souls. 
Jesus reminds us of that today in the text we read earlier. It seems that there are a lot of people that walk around these days with a dehydrated heart. It's all shriveled up and lacking real life. People are thirsty for peace within or forgiveness for the guilt they bear or for a sense of truth to believe in and build a life upon, for a sense of purpose. At the bottom line of it all, though, is there our thirsty hearts uh, long to enjoy the presence of God, a relationship with the one who made us. Psalm 72, we're told uh, by the psalmist, As a deer pants for living water, so my soul longs for you, Lord. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And when you think about it, dehydrated hearts do send some rather desperate messages uh, externally. Maybe a snarling temper or waves of worry and anxiety. Growls of, of fear and guilt, loneliness, hopelessness, uh, insecurity. And Jesus, knowing that about us at a public gathering, spoke to that inner thirst that people like you and I have. He was at a big festival called the Festival of Booths in Jerusalem, commemorating the wilderness wanderings of the Jews when God took care of them after he saved them from slavery in Egypt in the early days, and he provided everything they needed along the way. One of the big events uh, in that festival was remembering the time when people cried out against Moses because they needed water to go on with their trip and they couldn't find any. They were dying of thirst and they were so angry. But God had Moses strike a rock out there in the wilderness and from it came a gushing stream of water for all the people and their livestock to drink. And so during this festival, they would commemorate that God provides us with the water we need. It was a reminder that in that agricultural society, even of that day then, that God is the one who gives us water that we physically need to survive. So they would take this golden pitcher, the priest would, and fill it with water from the pool of Siloam and process, process to, the, to the temple and pour it out on the altar, commemorating that event when God provided. Well, on the last day of that festival, the great day as it's described in John's gospel, there was a voice that shouted out an invitation and a promise. And it was a voice of Jesus. This wasn't simply Jesus clearing his throat and saying, now if you're looking for water, I know where to get it. No, this is a cry, a shout. Jesus, by the way, is taking a chance in doing that. Jerusalem is hostile territory for him. Many of the authorities by this time have been figured, trying to figure out how to destroy him. But Jesus thought that this was so important he couldn't keep it to himself. And so before that pitcher was poured out, the voice cried out, the voice of Jesus, Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the heart shall flow rivers of living water. And John editorializes and says, Now he said this about the Spirit, which believers in him were to receive, but was not yet there until Jesus was glorified. Here we have the reality being stated as Jesus speaks out. 
I know that you are thirsty in your hearts and in your souls. God wired you that way for a relationship with him. You need God in your lives. He feels too far away from you. I know that has to be happening in your life. That's the reality. And with that reality comes an invitation and a claim. Come to me, Jesus said. Drink of me, which means believe and trust in me for your salvation. Uh, We can't help but be reminded of a passage out of the Old Testament, Isaiah 55, where the prophet Isaiah, speaking on God's behalf, says, Ho, everyone who comes, who is thirsty, let them come and drink. Uh, Jesus seems to be making a, a divine claim in this statement that he makes to the people, that he is God. To look into his face is to see the face of God. Come to me and drink. That's God speaking. He's making a God claim. And then there's a promise attached to that invitation. If you come to me, out of the heart shall flow rivers of living water. The heart, as we've talked about, is that inner person, that deep inner part of us that cries out for God, our inner life, which needs God. He says, out of your heart shall flow. We have moving water then. But I love the way he he talks about it in the plural. You shall have rivers of living water. Not just a river, but rivers, which basically is abundance being described. This is not just a a bit of a drip or a trinkle into your life. This is a, a total dousing, a flood, so to speak. Jesus did say in another place, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we're talking about this abundance that Jesus wants to put deep within us. And John steps into the story now and he editorializes. And when he ever, whenever he does that, according to what I've learned, you really need to pay attention. John wants, he's trying to teach you something. He goes on to say, now he said this, Jesus said this about the spirit which is which believers in him were to receive for as yet there was no spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified he was talking about the holy spirit now when he said the spirit was not there that's not what he meant what he meant is the spirit was not within his disciples yet the holy spirit has been in the bible from genesis on but not available who, and he said he would be received after Christ's glorification. What is he talking about? When John talks about the glorification of Jesus, he's always talking about, he framed the frame of reference is the cross, where Jesus died and paid for our sins, where Jesus suffered thirst, as he said, I thirst, so that we would not have to thirst any longer ourselves where he experienced separation from his heavenly Father so that we would not have to experience separation from God any longer in our lives. Water in the Spirit is a regular theme in the Old Testament. In Isaiah, the 44th chapter, God promises, I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams in the dry ground. I'll pour out my Spirit upon your descendants and my blessing upon your offspring. Isaiah 58, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places. Uh, 
and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Ezekiel the prophet talked of the new river of life that would flow from the temple in Jerusalem in chapter 47 and bring life to things that were dead, to people. He was talking of the Spirit. Now, as I was studying this text, I got to thinking about, well, what are these rivers of blessing of the Spirit? And the first river that comes to mind is the river of cleansing and healing. To step into the waters of forgiveness that Christ has won for us. Over in India, the people over there go to the river Ganges and dip their bodies in that river, believing that they'll get healing outside and in their souls as well. How sad. And Jesus, the living water, the the source of water, says, come to me, come to me and drink. I went to the cross and I paid for your sins. There's a new start, a clean slate, a restored relationship with God that is just sitting there waiting for you. I'm reminded of Martin Luther's small catechism in the meaning of the third article where he writes, And in this Christian church, day after day, the Spirit forgives my sins and the sins of all believers. It's a river of joy as well. I have a... It's the joy of the presence of the Lord. I have a member in my congregation who passed away a few years ago and she took a class from me on becoming a contagious Christian. And part of that was to uh, write a story, a faith story, testimony, to have ready the next time the Lord opens the door for someone to to share their faith. And this is what she wrote. Her name's Marge. She said, when I heard from friends and acquaintances how exciting it was when you have a born-again experience, I realized something was missing for me because I wanted that uplifting and reassuring feeling and I didn't have it. As a child, I was exposed to a Christian life in my church and attending Sunday school and Bible school and confirmation and so on. And in my teenage years, I went to my friend's church and I even married a Christian. Still something was missing. Then after a couple of Sunday sermons, hearing the same message, I discovered what was missing. The gift of grace in my life was there for the asking. Forgiveness leading to eternal life was just the gift. What a discovery to realize Jesus had paid my way. I simply needed to ask him to forgive me and receive his invitation to to, to come into my life eternally so I could have a right relationship with God. It hasn't always been easy to let go and let God lead my life, but it was a great thing that I got myself into when I did that. I experience a great comfort. It's an exciting way to live. And I found joy has replaced that feeling that something's missing. Now I am uplifted and assured. Now others wonder and want what I have. So I just tell them of the joy I've discovered in Jesus Christ. And then she asks the question, is there something missing in your life? Have I got news for you? Marge discovered the river of joy, walking in a the joyful assurance that she belonged to God through Jesus Christ. God would never let her go. 
I think of the river of peace. Someday I'm going to die, but I have the peace of knowing where I am going to go and all of that takes place. I'm going to heaven. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of what Christ Jesus has done for me. I think of the rivers of strength and confidence. As Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the spirit at work in us. Or, or the rivers of confidence. I'm loved. I'm sealed by the Spirit. I belong to God forever. Nothing can snatch me from His hand. Paul writes in Romans, For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. There's a river of knowledge and truth. Meaning getting to know Jesus personally through the working of the Holy Spirit, that living water within us. G. Campbell Morgan, the great preacher of the last century, said those disciples knew more about Jesus in the first 30 seconds after Pentecost and the coming of the Spirit than in three years on the road previously. And that river overflows then into the lives of others. And they wonder, where's that joy coming from? Where's that peace coming from? Where's that love coming from? That assurance. May I ask you a personal question today? I want to ask, what have you done with that invitation that Jesus has given you? Come to me and drink. You see, in this story, after Jesus said that, there was a division of responses to his statement. He he was saying it, by the way, to anyone, everyone can come. But some listening said, we're not sure what to make of him. Do you think he's a prophet? Others said, well, is he the one from God, Messiah? And others said, no, he's, he's a nut. We have to destroy him. He's trouble. You see, you have to ask him in. You, you have to swallow Jesus, so to speak, in his living water. He won't force his way in. Now, some of you listening might be thinking, you know, I have asked Christ into my life, but I still have, what about those dry moments? And Paul speaks to that in Ephesians, and I think he gets it from Jesus, that this is something that you keep on doing. He says, be filled with the Spirit, which means keep on being filled with the Spirit. You see, as sinners, we continue to leak. A black preacher was once asked what it's like on the inside to be a Christian, and he silently thought on the subject for a bit, and then he said, well, it's sort of like I got two dogs inside of me. One's a good dog, the other's a bad dog. They're always fighting. His questioner, wanting more information, asked, which dog is winning the fight? And the preacher said, whichever one I feed. I would add, whichever one I give water to. That's why we have the community of faith, Luther says, in this Christian church day after day. We need the community of saints around us. We need to not walk through life alone. We need to be at worship and hear that our sins are forgiven, that we belong to Christ and nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. We need to take a daily drink of his holy word to have a devotion each morning as we get ready to start our day. We need to ask the Spirit to come in because Jesus promised that when we pray that God will give us the Holy Spirit. When people join our church, we have them pray this, we pray for them, this blessing upon them. And I'm going to take it and personalize it for you today. And here it is the prayer we should ask each day Gracious Lord, through water and the Spirit, you have made me your own. You forgave me all my sins and brought me to newness of life. 
Continue to strengthen me with your spirit and daily increase in me your gifts of grace, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. May you this day say once again, Come, Lord Jesus, I'm thirsty. He will. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray you too will ask the Lord to strengthen you with his spirit and fill your life with the spirit of joy. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, are a significant part of our ministry's funding. Please consider a final gift to this important service as part of your estate planning. For more information, feel free to write us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613 or contact us toll-free at 1-888-693-2484. In the Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. We are excited to introduce our redesigned, colorful new website, where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message, as well as many recent messages. Visit us today at christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting today's service was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously for the past 81 years.